and welcome to the Lifehouse Church Beloved Podcast. My name is Lena Hobson and I'm here with Carolyn Thomas and Sam McGee. Hello. Hey. And we are finishing up our podcast um, series on Philippians chapter 3. We'll be moving along to chapter 4 next time, but finishing off chapter 3 and we, uh, we talked last time, quick recap, um, about um, sanctification is an ongoing work and we talked about how you know it's part of our life as Christians you know we need to to count the cost and um, we looked at what Paul was saying about we need to forget what is behind us you know so you know our past you know choices that we've made successes or failures we need to forget what they are and we need to strain towards what is ahead you know we're going to need to get rid of everything that hinders and um really Christ is our priority and put everything that we have into that so that when we finish up this life there's nothing left mm. all right so we're getting into chapter three and we're going to start from verse 17 which says Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. So, I thought oh. I'd leave this one to you two girls to discuss okay. about the process oh, of discipleship. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Um, so, you know, Paul's talking about discipleship. Um, and so we, we want to talk about discipleship. And um, Sam, do you have... Something you want I have lots him. when I was looking at this because you know it says follow my example and then after that it says you have us as a model but um, keep your eyes on those who live as we do so he's saying don't just have me as an example have the other people who live like I do as your example as well yeah I read I read something that was quite good about that though as well like where often in the world you know people will think um or, you know, or especially in the church, oh, I can't say, like, copy me, imitate me. Like, it's often people say, oh, well, do as I do, not as I say. But Paul was confident enough mm. to say, copy me, be imitators of me. Yeah. yeah. Because he knew his relationship with Christ and how he's, how he's living and, you know. Yeah. I was thinking about the fact that, you know, we need to look for examples who don't just say um, the right things, but they actually... Living it. living it and they teach it and they believe it um, according to the word and they put it into practice and you know we need to test those people there I know when I was younger used to it was a pastor so I would believe them it mm. was my dad or my mum so I believed them it was in a book so it must be true yeah mm. it's on Wikipedia and we all know how um, it's on Facebook <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know um for those students listening, Wikipedia is not a viable source. <laughs> um, but we need to actually test what they're what they're saying. You know, um, go back to the word. You know, if their living is not in accordance with the word, then they're not going to be a good mentor or a good teacher. And I think what Paul's saying, follow my example. So yeah. he is just saying that you can actually see how I'm living. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think that's important with discipleship. Sometimes we will be discipled by people that we will never meet, but I think it's really key mm-hmm. for us to have people in our lives who we can see the pattern of their life yeah. and really get into that. Um, ben and I um, are mentored by David and Carolyn, and it has like formal and informal components. So, you know, we have um, time, you know, regular times set aside with them where we can sort of speak one on one and, 
you know, go through things that we might be struggling with and, you know, applying the word to that and, you know, um, and that outside perspective of, of weak areas in our life that um, need to be worked on. But we also have, we spend a lot of time with them and it's just that informal watching how they live. You know, we, we come to gym and, you know, David's always... <laughs> well, I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> so, you know, and we, we come to gym and, you know, like that's also a great mentoring time for us. You know, we we watch David and how he mentors other people and how he, you know, is around other people and mentors and we watch him with our children and how um, what he does with that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we use that as a time to just sort of suck out of from David and Carolyn all their wisdom that we can possibly take and, you know, we go home and talk about on the way home. Um, you know, like that's just... Yeah yeah really important to be able to to watch them how they live their life and um no pressure <laughs> <laughs> no it's good though yeah. you know, we need to be well, accountable you know um you you need to have pauls in your life mm. you uh, you need to have timothy's people that you are being a mentor to and you're yeah. you're able to say follow me which you need to have you know, you need to be doing the right thing if you're going to do that. If you're going to actually lead a disciple, you need to be doing the right things. Mm. You need to um, be discipled You need yourself. to be discipled yourself. And you also need those Barnabases, those mm. people who are yeah. at the same journey yeah. Yeah. that you can kind of bounce off, mm. you know, things, but they're not speaking into your life in the same way. Like, I've, I've learned over the, the last number of years how careful I personally need to be um, with who I actually allow to speak into my life. I made the mistake... Um, of allowing too many people to speak in and um, in areas that they weren't qualified to speak into Mm -hmm. and that actually brought about a lot of hurt and pain and bad decisions eventually and you know I've I've learned from that I've been able to you know to really still be friends with with people who I formerly would allow to speak in but I I make sure that I I, I do keep a guard over my heart that they're not speaking into an area that they're not qualified Mm, to speak into and and I think we also need to have um, different pools for different areas of our lives yeah if you come and ask me for financial advice you will be barking up the wrong tree I'm not bad with my finances but it is not a strength and so if you've got a business you go and find a business coach who can speak into your life and you find someone who's got wisdom in that area and you know Paul is saying I have godly wisdom in this area mm-hmm. you know watch me do as I do you know you this will bring blessing because what I'm showing you is exactly the way that Jesus Christ wants us to live yep so mm-hmm. and I think as well it's you know important to realize that that process of discipleship is um, synonymous with sanctification mm. and that's what he's saying you know imitate me and again that would be like he's living and his his goal would be to become increasingly more Christ-like which is what sanctification and yep. discipleship is and so again it brings in the word you know you wouldn't he wouldn't be saying follow me and do as I do if he's not living according to you know the principles mm. of the word so it's that as well putting that into you and I think that's really important that you said you know having the different people and yes you should have Timothy's because we need to be passing down mm. and doing the discipling down but um, often what people say, and you have spoken about this, is a, a lot of people allow Timothy's to talk into them yeah. when, um, you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we need to test the fruit of someone's life before we actually allow them to speak in. Mm. You know, some people will actually pose as, like, spiritually mature people and will mm. offer or, you know, accept mentoring of you, but 
it's just for their own status that they yeah. you know they gain that recognition and power through having influence over you. Yeah. You know, and the 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 best case scenario is that they give you some shallow advice and they won't be committed to you long term. But worst case, like they're actually pouring in unbiblical teaching into yeah. your life. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got to well, undo all of you that. You know what you're just talking yeah, about. We just. <laughs> We've got somebody, um, you know, that listens to our podcast and, you know, they've messaged David and just said about how, like, the, the teaching on deceptions really opened their eyes because we've been, we're doing, David and I are doing a series um, in Life House at the moment on our Sunday sermons on, you know, deception and just how much they're getting out of it, but um, how, you know, this person had tried to discuss with their actual person that's discipling them mm. for their mentor you know, try to bring up some of the stuff and they got rebuked and said, like, you know, that, again, that false love gospel, you can't judge people, you know, you shouldn't be saying. But the Bible warns us about watch out for being deceived and we do have a responsibility to teach people about it, you know. Yeah. So, again, that's like when I just read that, I'm thinking, well, you know what, I'm sorry, but that's not your person that should be discipling you and talking in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's that false doctrine, that false love. Oh, you can't judge people, and that's rubbish. You know, you can judge, like you said, Lena. You look at their fruits, and whereas false prophets, false teachers, you do have to talk about it and warn people. Yeah, and yeah. if you have a good mentor or a good person who's a pull in your life, there's an amount of safety that's there. Mm-hmm. Like you, yes, you should always be watching for their fruit, but that oversight does afford you safety and you know I've heard of people who've actually gone into ministry without having oversight over them which is fraught with danger because you know you you don't have that person who's going to mentor you you don't have that that safety within Mm. you know God ordained Mm. confines you know and and quite often it leads to not only them getting hurt themselves but you know, causing a lot of harm to other yeah, people as yeah, well. Yeah, I really appreciate having that safety net of David and Carolyn that even if I stuff up, they've still got my back and, you know, can steer me right, you know. And some of the benefits of mentoring, you know, um, if you're teachable, like, you can learn through other people's mistakes, yeah. like your mentor's mm-hmm. mistakes and their experiences, but they also can bring, you know, that correction in and sort of set you straight when you need to be set straight or give you a push when you need to be pushed, um... Or, you know, um, just, like, encourage and, you know, help you build your character and release you into your calling. Like, it's yeah. pretty awesome. Good. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Hey, relationship, not mm. religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other gems, ladies? I think you've covered about how awesome I am. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about you. I had no idea. Yeah, well, Lena was. You were a bit like, slack on that. Carolyn has been. I am not going to gush over you. <laughs> we were no flattery. Okay? No flattery. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to point out, if you're a single person, um, oh, sorry, if you want marriage advice, you don't ask a single person. You know, if you, you've got to ask the right questions to the right people. I don't know if that fits in there. Well, but. you know, what you're saying, I know you were saying people are qualified to, to write, but I do agree in a certain a certain extent, it depends what it is, but, you know, there's principles of the word. Like, I yeah. think of you, Sam, you don't have children, and sometimes people think, oh, well, you can't, but you have got so much um, wisdom and stuff in that that I think sometimes people think, oh, well, she hasn't got kids, so what does she know where I've actually heard stuff that comes out of you and and being a teacher as well you have got a lot of experience Mm. and 
and I know that that you are in certain areas. Yes, not everything, but there's certain areas you can actually offer valuable advice. And people yeah. often have that view. Oh well, no. What does she know? And you know, sometimes I think, hey, you do well to maybe listen. <laughs> Plugs in. <Thank> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it, that one back yeah, on God. It's, it's you know, it's it, because it, of His word. But, but again, it's because of His word and principles yeah. and stuff. You know, because um, I had somebody say to me once, like. Um, you know, they said, oh, I'll pray that God gives you more understanding of their situation because I had not specifically gone through that thing. But I try to explain that there's principles of the word so I could have gone through something similar or whatever, but yeah. it's the same principles. And it's like saying to Jesus, well, uh, actually, yeah. you don't understand what it means to have this happen to you because, yeah. like, it's something that only yeah. a woman could have. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You would never say it to Jesus, would you? No. So it's the same thing, not that I'm saying, you know, just, but it's principles of the Word yeah. of God that you can still apply into different situations. Yeah. Yeah. All right, verses 18 to 19. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live their lives as enemy of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is their destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Carol, do you want to give a bit of background? Yeah, well, there were, there were men in the church at that time at Philippi whose conduct was an open scandal. And, I mean, that's why Paul as well talks earlier about, you know, follow us, keep your eyes on, you know, those of us who, who are living in a certain way. Um, but they showed themselves just by their behaviour, their lives, as to be enemies of the cross. That's where he talks about they live as enemies of the cross. Um, they might have been Gnostics, which were the people that believed, and, again, we have that in the church as well, that... Spirit and matter are separate, and so spirit's always good and matter is evil, so that the body's essentially evil and rem- will remain evil no matter what you do. And so you can do what you like, basically. It's like a license for, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, they taught that gluttony, adultery, homosexuality, drunkenness were no, no, of no importance, really, because they affect only the body. And in fact, some of them even went to the extremes of like you need to plumb the depths of depravity. Um, to physically to experience everything and you know plumb the you know the spiritual hearts as well and so yeah they just sort of thought that you know the body's not important mm. so so um, how does that we're going to look at how that lines up with scripture what does scripture say about these sins um, mm. I've got a couple of verses here and then I'll, I might just read some of them and then I'll let you girls talk to what you've got in that but Romans thirteen fourteen and and I mean these are direct you know. Um, Paul's saying, therefore, you know, they're saying, do what you like. Um, and uh, their destiny is their destruction, their God is their stomach, and they, their glory is in their shame. So they actually are glorifying that, and it is in direct contrast to what the scriptures say. Mm-hmm. Romans thirteen fourteen, Rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Proverbs 23, 20-21 Do not join with those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat for drunkens and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags. I love this next one. but <laughs> Proverbs 23, 2 And put enough to your throat if you are given to gluttony. Yeah. <laughs> um, Galatians five sixteen. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desire, um, the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. I'll just skip through some of that. But the acts of the flesh are obvious. 
sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, sorry, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, that in particular, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, people as well that, you know, Christians even that get into drunkenness. Mm. And there's a lot of scriptures about that. Mm. Yeah, so what do you have to say, girls, well, about that? It's, um, I noticed that two of them were to do with um, what you consume and two of them were to do with um, your sexual side of things. And, um, you know, I was... What really hit me was the gluttony thing. Like, I love food, but um, I'm not a glutton. You know, I'm not given to overeating. You know, um, I do have to be careful to make sure that I don't just turn to chocolate when I get stressed at work and things like that. But I think gluttony is a lack of self-control with your, you know, with your food habits. And, you know, like Carolyn was saying in Proverbs, they're pretty harsh verses there like the one from Proverbs 23 two, put a knife to your throat if you're given to gluttony and that's when you're dining with a ruler you want to make sure that you don't have a lack of self control in the presence of whoever's given you the thing and 2 Timothy 3 1 to 9 says gluttony is a mark of the un- uh, gluttony is a mark of the ungodliness um, that's not the actual work words but you know mm-hmm. it's it's basically saying if you are a glutton you're ungodly you're yeah. showing ungodly character and it's it's opposite of the fruit of the spirit of self-control mm-hmm. you know we need to make sure that what we're putting into our bodies is edifying for the flesh you know um, and edifying for us um, and we were talking about before this podcast that you know if you, if we're going to be doing the work of God we need to make sure that our body's physically capable mm. of doing the work of God and doing ministry. You know, if you're um, a high-profile speaker, you want to make sure that you are fit and healthy so that when you're jet-setting around the world, you are not going to be succumbing to jet lag too easily. And, you know, I don't want to be, you know, in my 60s or 70s and having to stop the work of the ministry because of the fact that I haven't looked after my body and mm. I'm intensely overweight and you know can't control that um you know and eventually you know get put on doctor's orders you must fix this because how how much of a shame would that be to not fulfill you know your calling Mm. uh, to the extent because of your health issues because of the way that you treated your body Mm. when you were younger Mm. it's really sort of like god's given us a gift of our physical bodies and it's really kind of Showing a bit of contempt for that and like how we're supposed to steward our bodies because yeah, it's not yeah. ours. Like. It's a temple for the Holy Spirit, so you know yeah. we need to be really, really careful yeah, need to honor that. What we do, you know, yeah. the drunkenness side of things. You know, don't get drunk. Mm. Be sober, mindful, and what uh, sober minded. Be watchful. Um, you know, and drinking it perverts your judgment. I know a lot of friends um, in the past who've said you know oh it's okay to get tipsy it's okay to let loose once in a while it's like no it's not it's in the bible it says pretty clearly don't get drunk so as soon as you start to lose control that's enough you know i like a glass of wine from time to time but i i I have very very clear boundaries in in where i stop i make sure that i'm always able to drive my car you know it affords the fact that you're always going to have clear judgment and if I'm around people who have problems with alcohol, I'll choose to abstain. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, that's like my husband Ben, he's like, he puts a cap on one drink and yeah. that's it because even though that's under the legal limit, like he chooses, that's the cap because I know that yeah. I will be completely self-controlled at that limit and I choose yeah. not even to risk being... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like with David, I mean, even if we were, you know, out at someone's house for dinner or if he's going to drive, he won't even have an apple cider, not even one. Mm. Like even if we go to a restaurant or whatever, if he's driving, it's that same kind of thing, just not even, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, and, you know, we were just talking before the podcast and um, with the girl, you know, the three of us were just chatting and, and how we were saying as well that though these are... Yeah, all sins and stuff, and, you know, they're the ones that you really see, but we were talking about how sometimes we could be judging people for other addictions like pornography, Mm. um, maybe, you know, um, other things on the internet or other comfort things, um, you know, Mm. excessive TV or shopping or whatever. But, you know, gluttony as well falls under the same, but we often just sort of would be judging people for all that and not looking at that within ourselves. Yeah. Um, and like Colossians 3 1 to 10 goes on but it says in from verse um, 5 it says put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality, impurity, lust evil desires and greed which is idolatry because of these the wrath of God is coming mm. you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips Swearing. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Yeah. Do you so, have anything to say? Oh, I was going to say we haven't touched on the, the sexual sin side of things at all. You know, they, the verse in Philippians talks about, um, you know, their glory is in their shame which is, you know, talking about, you know, the adultery, homosexuality and all of these other things that yeah. mm. are part of it, you know, and it, it's interesting that there are so many verses and most people would say amen to the, the verses where it talks about, you know, marriage should be honoured by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all of these sexually immoral. You know, it's God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honourable, not in passionate lust like the pagans that do not know God. You know, um, it talks in so many verses there, but, um, you know, these these practices start in the mind, and it's it's people... When, when you don't control your thoughts, um, that they can lead to action. Mm. And then, so by having um, thoughts that are not taken captive in this area, um, then then you, you're opening the way for, for going down paths that are destructive, not just to you, but to other people. And, you know, there's a verse, I um, can't remember where it is, but it says that, you know, a, when you sin in a sexual way, you sin against, yeah, against your, your body, your and own God, body yeah. and God. And you know, I've been doing a lot of research on on worship for a, an upcoming sermon series and things like that. And you know, when you do that, you're actually violating God's terms of worship because you're you're defiling the temple of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. essentially. So you know, when you 
when you look at porn or when you know you indulge in lustful practices that's actually a defilement against mm-hmm. God it's mm-hmm. it's that weighty and we need to make sure that that we keep clear of that in every way yeah I think it's really important to have a really severe view of this because yeah. I mean mm-hmm. so many Christians that I've come across in my life have like a really carnal and worldly sort of relaxed attitude yeah. Yeah. about these sorts of things and you know you look at the world you cannot walk through a shopping centre or drive down a road without seeing some billboard with pornography right. on it yeah. or whatever it is like in your face all the time and it's becoming more and more mainstream. The TV shows that TV shows, movies, like yeah. um just like even fitness photography, like all very sexual and you know, it's Christians are just becoming caught up in it as it's yeah. becoming normalised yeah. by our culture. And they're believing the lie of the world that oh we're just appreciating the human form. Yeah. It's like no, that's you need to be really careful about what you watch. You need to be really careful about what you expose your children to. And you look at what Jesus says as well. He says, you know, it was told this, but I tell you, if you even look at a woman lustfully, yeah. you know, and if your eye causes you to sin, guard your eye, it's better to, you know, and if your hand yeah. causes you yeah. to sin, chop it off. And you know what you're talking about, Lena? It's becoming so um, prevalent. Like, I've been typing up my sermon, you know, and, and, and going on to the internet and maybe going on to Bible Gateway and stuff. and stuff pops up you know like even on what you think is a christian site you know you're getting these pictures of all these um naked ladies and stuff like there was a whole like stream of fun thumbnails underneath the whole time um while i was uh, typing the other day and you know when i was looking up something an article to do with you know the word and stuff um but it's just designed that billboards and all that kind of stuff because men are stimulated by sight it's just designed for the enemy. It's just there so they have got to spend so much energy all the time just fighting that. You know, it's just there. It pops up all the time, all the time. And what you said, Sam, as well about you have to take your thoughts captive. And again, it brings us back to the word washing with the word yeah. and renewing our minds with the word, you know, that we have to catch these thoughts and bring them into submission mm-hmm. as soon as they start. Yep. <sighs> Alright. Where are we? <laughs> Twenty minutes or twenty one. <laughs> quickly go through number six and then we'll finish wrap okay. it up. Okay. So verses twenty and twenty one. But our citizen citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from it, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Alright, so how does our citizenship in heaven how does that impact your outlook or you, you know your, your daily life well i think first of all you know when paul said our citizenship is heaven is in heaven that was also he when he was saying that it was countering that um gnostic view as well hey that you can just do what you like or what mm-hmm. you feel like but for me that our citizenship is in heaven it makes me more aware of my decisions and especially my behavior because it gives me a much bigger picture um, to what's just happening in the here and now. There's more yeah. than I can, you know, more than I see, and it just changes my outlook. And, you know, one of the scriptures that I really love is the one that talks about where God says, my ways and my thoughts are not mm-hmm. like yours, they're so much higher, which is superior, because he sees the whole thing. So I think just realising that's where our citizenship is, that's where our mind should be on bigger, on a bigger yeah. picture than just the here and now, mm-hmm. and just that influencing how I behave. Definitely, and I think too, like our allegiance and loyalty is yeah. different. My allegiance and loyalty is to Christ and His bride, and that's you know my you know the first priority of 
and um you know the world sort of can be horrified that you know for example in a situation where your natural family just hypothetically is um you would put that aside for the sake of Christ like would be horrified by that but you know that is where our allegiance lies and even things like tithing like all the people like what yeah, you, you give, give all that money like well, they don't money. understand, and it's not like you're giving it to an organisation. Like it's between you and God, it's this biblical principle, like so many that. But like you say, the world just does not understand that way of thinking. Mm. Well, like when you're a citizen of a country, you actually conform to the country customs of that place. Yeah. Like when I was travelling, I still did things the Aussie way, and I still felt like an Aussie, even though I was, you know, gallivanting gallop- gallop- around the countryside. Um, and I know that David and Carolyn, being South African, um, brought up, you know, still do some things differently, um, even though you're expats. And and I think that our culture, as Christians, needs to be that of heaven. We need yeah. to even speak um, as though we would in in heaven. I, I can imagine that some people, you know, if you transported them, essentially their conversation that they just had into heaven how ashamed they would be about the way that they're speaking you know we need to make sure that everything that we do and say here on earth reflects who we are and whose we are because we're not part of the system of the world the bible Mm. says we're in the world but not of the world and like you say that's a good point of transporting that just making you more aware of you know how you're behaving and your thought life and conversation as you say just behaving in a way that's consistent with the kingdom of Mm -hmm. god and the principles and the word that's again do you see how it just keeps going back to the word isn't it if we if we make that our way of living and our standard then we're automatically going to be doing the things that we need to be doing yeah yeah i mean what does it look like as you as a christian saying like you need jesus in your life but when something trials tribulations the simplest thing we fly off the handle and lose our temper or something like that. Like they, we look exactly the same as the non-Christian yeah. beside us. Like yeah. What testimony yeah. is that? Yeah. I think what we'll do here, we were going to look at um, look at the glorious body and and different scriptures to do with that. But I think we'll just maybe each give a sentence of summary. What we we won't bother going into each yeah. scripture mm-hmm. about what we sort of what the, what did the scriptures though tell us um, about the body of Jesus? And you know, for your own study, you can go and read in Matthew and Luke. Um, and John, so basically all the Gospels, you can see when um, Jesus, you know, um, rose on the, rose again and when he appeared to the disciples. So that's what you're looking mm. to read in the Gospels and just looking at what that glorious body looks like. Okay, so from Matthew 28, 8-9, um, Jesus' glorious body it had a physical form. Mm. And um, in Luke 24, 13-16, we can see that he, again, he had that physical form and he was able to interact and speak with people. Yeah. In Luke 24, 30-32, um, it, it says that Jesus um, was recognised and then he disappeared from their sight. So I think that's really cool that uh, we won't be, our bodies won't be um, conforming to the, the rules of... Confined to, yeah, Confined yeah. to the rules of this um, world. And then Luke 24, 39-43 um, you know, it was again saying Jesus had a physical body, touch me and see, you know. And he even asked, do you have anything to eat? And he took it and he ate it. It's not like yeah. the food kind of passed through him. And, um, yeah, 
I thought that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I like um, in John twenty nineteen, he he just appeared. So the door it says the doors were locked because they were worried, mm. you know, about the Jewish leaders, and he just came. So I love that yeah. set like teleporting. Hey, that body is number yeah. one. It can be invisible when it needs to be. It can walk through walls and doors, mm. but like you say, you can still touch and you know yeah. eat. And um, so you can just yeah. So I'm gonna love that. Like just. It goes against, um, you know, the, those people who actually say that Jesus only rose spiritually rather yeah, than bodily. Yeah, no, yeah. And that's why I said to them, touch me, because yeah. they were saying, oh, it's a ghost. And he's like, no, touch me. Feel. And, and I mean, Sam and I were talking about this last night. Like, it probably wasn't that he needed the fish because he was starving. It's just like he wanted to show them, you know, that I'm not a ghost. Yeah, and like you yeah. say, the food didn't just fall yeah. out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Funny. All right. Um, did you do like, uh, John 2019? Um, did I? Oh, yes, yeah, you did. Okay. All right. So, you can so we're going to finish off with um, 1 Corinthians 15, 21, which is real encouragement for us that he, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies that they will be like his glorious body. Mm. Amen. 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 On Philippians chapter 3. Carolyn, do you have anything you want to say? No, just again, please get into the word for yourself. I cannot stress that enough. And the next time we speak to you, we'll get into chapter 4. Now, I think it's just, you know, as you get into the word, it's just ask the Holy Spirit to open it up for you because He will do that. And mm. if you've, you know, if, if you're not familiar with reading the word or you haven't been doing it, don't give up. Even if you sort of try and read it first time, sometimes you have to read it a couple of times and you'll get stuff out of it. So don't, you know, make mm. it a discipline. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you read four chapters a day, you can read through the whole Bible in a year, mm. which is great for really getting into the word and like understanding the context of. Yeah. Gives you the whole overall picture yeah. and view. And if you have access to technology, there's some great um, apps out there that have concordances in, and you yeah. can actually look up the Greek and the Hebrew and what they, those words actually mean. And, you know, just as we feed our physical body, you're feeding your spirit, and it's so important. I mean, I'd love to be able to have this program to show particularly Christians what their physical body looks like and then, like, show them a, a computer-generated thing of what their spirit looks like. Your yeah. spiritual age. Yeah, <laughs> right, really, you know, because it's really important that you feed your spirit and you wouldn't just let your body starve. So um, just don't do that with your spirit. Get into the Word. Mm. Mm. Good. All right. Um, enjoy, and we will catch you at our next podcast. Um, if you'd like to contact us, you can jump onto our website, www.life-house.net. Uh, or you can find us on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash Lifehouse Ministries. Good night. Bye.